This podcast is a love letter to every small business owner in Africa that dreams of growing big, every African executive that wants to get ahead, and every leader that wants more impact. I'm Tembi Kumalo, your host and the founder of Brand Builder Africa. We'll talk about everything to do with growing your business by building your brand. Emanuela Imo has extraordinary clarity about who she serves and why. She combines her experience of brand management, content creation, and digital marketing with a heart for supporting nonprofits. The result is Ella Communications, a powerful service business that is delivering real impact in the not-for-profit sector. If you've ever felt a little bit confused about what niche marketing means, this episode is for you. Hey Ella, how are you doing? I'm fine. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to wherever you're listening to us from today. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm excited too and I'm so pleased to be talking to you today from, where are you right now? Abuja, Nigeria. Nice, nice, nice. Abuja sounds busy, but not as busy Uh, as Lagos, I'm guessing. Definitely not as busy as Lagos, but yeah, (laughs) it's busy. (laughs) So what, are you from Abuja originally? No, I'm from Nigeria, but in another state um, called Abia State. It's uh-huh. the first state on the list of 36 states in Nigeria. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know there were 36. But then, yeah, yeah. Nigeria is huge, hey? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so tell me about your, your background and how you came to be doing the work you're doing now. And what inspired you to choose this particular pathway for impact? Okay. Um, so my name is Emanuela Imo, that's my full name. I am a nonprofit communications consultant. Um, I have a master's in communication and media studies. Plus I have a lot of experience in running nonprofits. I have run two nonprofits of mine and I quit. Um, what else? <laughs> so as a result of starting my own nonprofit and quitting and also due to the fact that I was born in a family where my dad happens to run his own faith-based organization Mm. so you know I'm kind of born and built up in that impact driven society kind of thing so yeah um, as a result of that I think that's 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 the passion that's where the insight to really want to help nonprofits and do stuff in the impact region that's where it came from so i i made a lot of mistakes in terms of structuring in terms of um building my own nonprofit properly mm. and i didn't have the knowledge or the experience or anything i was just running with the passion that i had mm. and i think that was that was where i missed it and in the bid to you know look for a solution, I ended up studying communications and studying communications kind of um, 
helped me get a broader perspective about the nonprofit sector. So although I had nothing, like totally nothing to do with um, the nonprofit or the social impact sector during my studies, you know, I was able to marry my experiences and what I was being taught in school and also what I had learned after, because during the course of that period, finding solutions to all the problems I had running my nonprofit, I, I started getting courses, books and all of that. Mm. So I was able to marry my experience, my studies and all of that together. And then I chose this, you know, this niche for myself and I decided to help other nonprofits in terms of communication. So I, I narrowed it down to communications because I know communications um, plays a large role in the social impact industry, although a lot of nonprofit leaders do not acknowledge that yet, but I'm sure many of them are going to come to the light of that very soon. So yeah, that's like um, the, the inspiration behind why I do what I do. I love everything about your story, you know. I love the <laughs> fact you. that you started this business out of a fail because yeah. that's <laughs> kind of how I started Brand Builder as well. And I also okay. love the fact that you took the time and the trouble to educate yourself. I think that a yeah. lot of um, people who consider themselves entrepreneurial are like, well, I don't need a degree and I don't need this and I don't need that. So I'm just going to wing it. But actually, yeah. you may not need a degree, but you need the knowledge inside the degree. Yeah, the experience. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I know that a lot of eyebrows were raised a couple of years ago when I enrolled for my MBA. Mm. Because people were like, but you work for yourself. Why do you need an MBA? But I mm. needed the knowledge, the knowledge inside the MBA, the network from, you yeah. know, the, the class groups and so on so I really appreciate everything you've said about how you saw that there was uh, a gap in your knowledge in your experience and then you moved to fill that gap and then out mm -hmm. of doing that you started a new business yeah now a lot of people do not associate like you said <laughs> a lot of nonprofit leaders do not see um, a role for branding, for marketing, yeah. for communicating um, within the nonprofit sector. Yet you and I know <laughs> how critical it is. Yeah, <laughs> very important. What are some of the benefits that you can highlight for our nonprofit leaders of having a, a, a strong marketing or communication plan in place? for a nonprofit entity? Okay, um, when it comes to the benefits, the benefits are numerous. And if I want to start mentioning all of the benefits, I don't think we're gonna finish this <laughs> recording today. Okay, give me four. <laughs> yeah, okay, four. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, the first thing is visibility, brand visibility. Yeah. So if a nonprofit is able to market properly, and brand properly, um, definitely their brand or the organization will be getting to the faces of new people every day because you know people like something that is beautiful, something that is attractive, something that is consistent. So when you're marketing and 
you're branding properly, you're communicating the message consistently is definitely going to get you visibility. Mm-hmm. That's the first benefit. The second benefit would be um, getting funds for an organization. So I know that every nonprofit is particular about funding because yeah yeah. yeah, because they believe that is the only way they can you know do the work that they have been called to do Mm. but if you do not market properly if you do not brand properly how do you want to get the funds that you need so um, uh, marketing branding communications all of this work hand in hand enabled um, for, for someone to be able to attract funding the necessary funding because funding can come in cash or in kind funding can come in forms of services it can come in forms mm. of whatever whichever way you see it's all different kinds of funding yeah so branding and all of that communications and marketing um helps to attract the necessary funding um another thing that uh communications or marketing and branding can do for an organization is to help the organization be well positioned as an authority in whatever niche or whatever industry that you're focused on. Now, let me give you a practical example. So for example, um, I work with a nonprofit, NOP Foundation is the name of nonprofit. We're high on, um, on educating people about sickle cell and what I noticed with the branding and consistency of communicating the right message to people is we keep attracting people who want to know more about sickle cell. Mm. We keep attracting people who want to, who want us to help them educate people about sickle cell. Mm. Now, this is because we have been consistent. Now we're not even marketing to to attract funding. That's not what we're doing because mm. basically the, the work is online, but we're marketing to ensure that people are getting the right information about right. sickle cell. So now we have been able to position ourselves as an authority in that niche. I don't know if I'm communicating, but then, yeah, so an organization is able to properly position themselves as an authority because we get so much information from everywhere and we don't know which is correct. And if you're not able to be the go-to person, like I I keep Mm -hmm. saying, Mm -hmm. an organization has to be the go-to organization, be top of mind. When people think about sickle cell, what's the organization think about? When people think about hepatitis, think about, you know, all of these things, education. So that's basically you building authority and marketing, communications, branding would help you achieve that. Um, The last thing, which will be number four, Mm. is branding and communication or whatever in the long run just helps you achieve or make more impact because Mm. when you're able to get funding when you're able to build authority when you're able to get visibility Mm. definitely you'll be able to get support for your work in terms of volunteers in terms of people want to wanting to donate their their birthdays to you people wanting to do stuff with you people wanting to um, identify with your organization so it's like these people become your brand ambassadors without you even paying them to do anything for you so in the long run it just means more impact so Branding, communications, marketing is very, very, very important. I hope for these few points of mine. Absolutely. <laughs> I've been able think, to let yeah, you know. I mean, I think important. the things that you touched on are so critical for not-for-profits. 
um, yeah. and you, you know, you've articulated them very clearly. So what I would be interested in is yeah. for you to just share um, what is different about how not-for-profits communicate versus um, commercial entities. Because um, one of the things that I find frustrating <laughs> because I worked in commercial advertising for a long time and now yeah. we do a lot of work with not-for-profits and I okay. always want to say to them can you see what Coca-Cola is doing what EcoBank <laughs> is doing what Nike is doing if you did even a fraction of that you might also get the results that they get <laughs> like sure. they're not stupid to spend money on you know communication yeah. But obviously, um, there's got to be there's got to be more to it than that. Can you just speak to what is different um, and what is similar when you compare communication in the not-for-profit space with the commercial space? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so when you're trying to communicate as a commercial business or as someone who has service or a product, there is always a solution you're trying to solve. Like there is something in for me. So for example, if you're trying to sell weight loss products, you're basically trying to help me lose weight. Mm. So that means there is something in for me. But then when it comes to a nonprofit trying to market or trying to communicate to people, mm. the truth is there is really nothing in for me. <laughs> Instead, yeah. I am the one having to give you something <laughs> as an organization. So I'm either giving you my time, I'm either giving you my money. So um, in order to be to be able to you know attract the people that you need to help your work progress, you need to communicate the impact communicate using storytelling. So basically the difference between non-for-profit marketing or communications and commercial communications is just wealth and impact. That's so good. So, so it, it's just it's just wealth and impact because you're trying to let con you're trying to connect with the emotion. So I feel um when it comes to non-profit marketing you're communicating with the emotions of the people on a higher level now it's much more higher than when you're communicating on like for business or anything you can just there are so many things that entice people in that aspect mm. but when it comes to not-for-profit not you have to leverage on the emotions leverage on storytelling so the difference basically is wealth and impact. So that's, that's okay. I think, I, I hope I've been able to explain that um, properly, but then so, that's so is just the major thing. So clearly. And what do you see um, as you work with not-for-profits in Africa? Are there any yeah. particular things that stand out for you that you think um, are of particular interest to Africans or to African not-for-profit leaders? Um, okay, when you say stand out, like the problems or the both, good both the problems <laughs> and the opportunities. Okay, um, when it comes to, I would first of all start with the opportunities. The opportunities, uh, there are a lot of individuals, a lot of organizations that are doing so much work, <clears throat> and they are really, really, really helping the people that need to be helped. 
mm-hmm. and the truth is there are people who want to support mm-hmm. now coming to the problem is some of these nonprofit leaders in fact i would say maybe 75 percent of them do not see the importance or the need for marketing or having consistent messaging in terms of branding and communications. They don't see the need for it because they think it's not for profit. So you could just keep asking people for money. You could just keep appealing to people and they will keep succumbing to your appeals. Mm. But it doesn't really work like that. Now, um, let's take, for example, um, do you know about Charity Water? No, I don't. Okay, Charity Water is an organization that I admire so much personally, and I usually use them as an example to anybody that I work with. <laughs> I think I'm, I need to be their brand ambassador. <laughs> You're already <laughs> their brand ambassador. <laughs> exactly, exactly what I'm saying. So when yeah. some an organization is doing something so beautiful, something so powerful, and the messaging is consistent, they are communicating it so properly, you would want to identify with that brand. So what I'm saying is like, it's so practical. It happens the whole time. So Charity Water leverages heavily, heavily on storytelling, leverages heavily on video marketing. And they do this so powerfully that even if you have never met them before, one contact, you would be moved. You would be so moved to help them. Really just one video that I watched. And that was a turning point for me. But in Africa, a lot of nonprofit leaders just believe that um, when you want to do anything for them in terms of services or in terms of whatever they need to get, it mm. has to come as a donation. It has to come free mm. to them mm. because they are nonprofit. But it, I don't think it should be like that. They need to have a budget set aside for stuff like this to be able to move the work mm. further. Mm. So, um, they're doing a lot of work. There are people who are willing to, you know, support. There are people who are also helping out because, in fact, this COVID really showed that the nonprofit organizations are like the, the hope of the world because they were the ones that were coming to the aid of a lot of people in the world. So imagine if we didn't have nonprofits. There's a limit to what the government can do. So yeah so they're doing so much work so much work but who exactly knows about the work you're doing who is the person or who are the group of people that are seeing the work that you're doing because this also matters if the right people don't come in contact with your organization it's not possible to get the right or the proper amount of money that your organization deserves Mm. or the proper amount of service the organization deserves to do better and do more impact. So yeah, Um, I think it's just, yeah. One of the things that I've seen in in Southern Africa at least, and maybe you can tell us if this also applies in West Africa, is Mm. that not-for-profits are so stuck on the donor model of Mm -hmm. themselves, right? That they Mm -hmm. never, they're not thinking about other How ways we which they could have bring money into the organization. Yeah, exactly. What are what can we sell? What services mm-hmm. can we sell? What um, resources do we have that can help mm-hmm. us generate money without having to go somewhere? You know, write mm-hmm. a proposal, beg the donor. You know, mm-hmm. 
put things out in the streets saying we need money. Um, mm-hmm. And I find that such a lost opportunity to be able to actually make the organization sustainable um, mm-hmm. and, and, and to reduce donor fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very, very key thing. A lot of donors are tired of helping because mm-hmm. you keep going back to the same set exactly. of people. Exactly. So it makes the thing so tiring. Like mm-hmm. you don't even want to want to give again. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Do you find it the same in West Africa? Yeah, it's it's basically the same thing. Uh, okay, I I have. Um, a discussion with a friend of mine the other day and she runs a non-profit and she was you know raising funds for some people and I, I it caught my attention I was like how many times do you raise funds for people in a year <laughs> and who are the people that help out with the funds like you're reaching out to people, you're appealing to people. Do you appeal to the same set of people? Mm. And she said, yes. And I'm like, no, you can't keep doing that. I'm human. I have my own problems. I have my own issues. Um, uh, life gets in my way sometimes. You can't keep coming to me to ask exactly. me for money, even if you're trying to leverage on my emotions. It's yeah. improper. Yeah. Crazy, so, right? It's like... Yeah, it- it's almost it like you're, here too. you're afraid to help the first time because you know they're going to yeah. keep coming back. Keep coming, exactly. So what, what measures do you have in place? That's, that's an, uh, where donor nurturing comes in. Mm. You need to nurture the donor relationship and also not don't overwhelm them with asking and asking and asking. It's like your relationship. When you're in a relationship, if you ask too much, your partner will get tired of you. You yeah. need to sit up for yourself sometimes. So it's basically like that. It happens here lots of times and some of them still don't get it. That's why the marketing is even important because you yes. need to keep meeting new people, yes. meeting new faces yes, exactly. so that the word will keep spreading. You can't keep remaining in the same circle for too long. Okay. So yeah, it happens here so much, so much. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, um, you know, you're... you're a leader in your own right you yeah. have made a foray into entrepreneurship you are now um you know you've got this business that you run you help people you have influence mm. do you have some advice i know earlier you talked about um you know w- what you learned from your entrepreneurial journey and how you ended up where you are what yeah. are what are some other leadership lessons that you've picked up on your journey? Okay, um, <laughs> this is a very wonderful question. And <laughs> yeah, I'll say the first thing I have picked up is patience. That's the first thing I have picked up. I'm I'm surprised at how patient I am right now with so many people and <laughs> so many things. Wow. I have a very short um, threshold for, <laughs> uh-huh. for things. But um, having to start my business, having to work with people and with different nonprofit leaders has helped mm-hmm. me to learn patience. That, that, that's the greatest lesson that I have learned, patience. Uh, the second one is listening. 
listening to people. So, um, like I said, because I have a very short threshold for a lot of things, mm. um, people see me as being so strict, being so um, straightforward. Mm. I'm so open and forward. I tell you the way it is. Mm. Um, because of that, I kind of just realized I stopped listening to people. And a few friends of mine called my attention to it. And they were like, Ella, you do not listen. You always, you, you just hear to defend, but you do not mm. listen. Oh, so, these are um, tough lessons, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a difference between hearing and there's a dif- hearing and listening. Mm. So I, I they, they called my attention to it several times. And when it was getting too much, I was like, okay, I have to make a conscious effort to listen and not just hear. Mm. So um, since I started listening, even if uh, it doesn't sit well with me, I just ensure the person finishes and gets to where they want to stop at that conversation before I can chip in whatever I want to say. And really that has helped me because it kind of cut off a lot of um, things that would have happened, a lot of miscommunication and all of that. And I think maybe because I also studied communications and they taught us that in school too. (laughs) Yeah, so, but um, patience and listening, that has really stood out for me. Wow. Wow, wow. I wish I could have more patience and do more listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm still learning every day. There are still sometimes I'm not that patient. But yeah, yeah, I try as much as possible to be. And what do you think are the opportunities in your sector? I mean, I think that the, the one that you've settled on for your business, you know, niching into doing communication services specifically for the not-for-profit sector is such a great a great niche because it's so unique and hardly anybody does it um what are the other opportunities in the communication space or in the not-for-profit space in Africa from your observation uh truthfully I haven't researched (laughs) I just um let me see. When it comes to communications and opportunities, I feel like it depends on where and what you choose to be or where you choose to focus on. Because anybody who studies or who has experience in communications is kind of versatile. Yes. Yeah. Someone who does communications can do branding, can do marketing, can do PR. Mm. Um, yeah so it it depends something that we don't talk about often is um the visual side of branding photography and and yeah you know Mm -hmm. i find it so difficult to find images that are properly afrocentric or african Mm -hmm. Um, you know when you search for images you usually and if you if you specify african you're likely to end up with african-american um, people yeah. in the mm-hmm, pictures mm-hmm. and, and they, they're black like us, but they don't look like us. <laughs> yeah, actually, you, know? you have a point there. And the settings mm-hmm. are not our settings, you know? If I want yeah, to true. The settings are so Abuja, I can't mm-hmm. find that online. Like I want to depict a, 
a mountain in Kigali. I can't find the right mm-hmm. You know, and unfortunately, I have absolutely no skills in that area. But I've I've often wondered why somebody hasn't, you know, done more in that space. Maybe some of the people listening to us right now are going to get a cue from that. Yeah, they better come back and pay me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that actually makes sense because... um, when you go to um, sites, stock photo sites like mm, Pizza B, exactly, um, Free Peak, and all of that, you just the environments are usually so beautiful, and yeah. uh, that's not really how it is down here. <laughs> well, it's so it's a beautiful. It's a different kind of beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I think I should have said that. Isn't it? <laughs> like it's so. Maybe the word "beautiful" shouldn't have been the best word, but is so civilized so they don't show you know the there are other parts that are so beautiful in their own way but then it's not as it seems outside so um i feel yeah maybe people need to start doing that and it will really be good for for the non-profit industry because Mm. uh, sometimes Mm. we want to use some of these images to depict some of these stories we're trying to tell and then we see um, pictures of people black americans and all of that that doesn't really depict yeah. the stories when it comes to the real african sin mm, and i think that yeah. we could it would actually do a better job of telling the african story Tell, yeah exactly yeah yeah than, than we are currently getting from uh western news agencies and so on mm, yeah yeah, yeah that that on my bucket list <laughs> okay then you need to start learning photography then <laughs> <laughs> for the next business venture yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah sure um so just before we wrap up okay have you had any um i know you talked about clear water oh sorry um charity, charity water, water. Yeah. Have you have you got any examples of um, African not for profits that you think are doing a really great job with their communication? Maybe some of them are your clients. I don't know. Uh, a really great job with their communications. Let us see. There are so many. Uh, one of them, which happens to be my client, is not foundation, like I said before um no one behind foundation uh you're really trying what do they do what are they about okay no one behind foundation is a sickle cell foundation Uh, yeah they help sickle cell warriors with their routine medicines and also pregnant women with their routine medicine so they're keen on sickle cell maternal health and malaria but then their major focus is sickle cell um another one that i know of that's their communications has been great consistent is leap africa now leap africa is a very big um non-profit organization so uh they are into developing dynamic and innovative and principled african leaders so basically um empowerment youth empowerment yeah so leap africa is one of them there are so many others um there is one that is into 
women, I think it's rape or something. It's called Warif. Mm-hmm. Warif, um, Women at Risk International Foundation. So okay. yeah, anti-sexual and gender-based violence organization. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what that's what they do. They're based in Lagos. It's a very wonderful organization. And I love their consistency, the messaging, and the fact that they are being able to make impact, you know. Yeah. Um, another one would be Beyond the Classroom Foundation. Um, okay. Yeah. That one yeah, I can There's so many. You, you really live in this sector, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And what have you had to do with your own personal brand as you have developed as an entrepreneur? Okay. Like, um, how does you know? Do you do you make a distinction between your personal brand and the business brand? And how do you um, how do you juggle those two brands? Uh, okay, at the point. I wouldn't say there's a distinction, although I've been I've been thinking of how to, you know, just make my business, Ella Communications, stand on its own mm. um, without having to, you know, show my face and all of that. Even though I have people that work with me, um, you know, people connect better with humans, with individuals. Yes. So um a lot of people, when you say stuff like, okay, this person on my team is going to handle it for you. They're like, no, Ella, I want you to do it yourself, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, um, I think it's a mix of both. So it's, I, I wouldn't call it a personal brand because I'm building a company. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've really struggled with having to just, let them know, okay, this isn't about Ella. This is about Ella Communications. But you know, it's in my name. Maybe I need to change the name to be able to touch you. No, I think Ella, <laughs> Ella Communications is fabulous. And I think it's time, you know. I mean, we, we all use products like, um, I don't know, services like McKinsey. We don't ask for Mr. McKinsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so, so when Ella Communications becomes like McKinsey's, then it won't be a yeah, problem. <laughs> exactly. I was just thinking of that, like McDonald's yeah. and all of that. Nobody exactly. asks for McDonald's. We're not expecting <laughs> to find Mr. McDonald making the burger in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. It's a so as we wrap up, mm. and if I said to you, I've got three young women sitting right here mm. wanting to make make it big in Africa, wanting to make an impact, wanting to be like Ella Communications with a <laughs> fabulous track record and a beautiful website and so many oh. clients and oh, no. <laughs> looking so polished and together <laughs> and communicating everything so clearly. What are three pieces of advice that you could give your three little sisters about making it in Africa? First thing, um, never get tired of learning. Mm. Don't be too comfortable with what you know, Mm. because um, what you know sometimes is the old knowledge. (laughs) Knowledge is updated every day. 
Yes. Uh, so keep learning, keep reading, keep updating your knowledge. Mm. Um, second thing is remain consistent. Mm. No matter how difficult it seems, no matter how frustrating. Trust me, I've had um, frustrating moments where sometimes I just want to quit. In mm. fact, I went on a whole long three months break and a lot of people didn't know why I went through that kind of break. Yeah, I was mm. kind of working on the background, but I was also fighting with myself. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes you get... It's just hard. Yeah, Actually, yeah, it's, it's hard. hard. <laughs> yeah, so consistency doesn't mean showing up every day and trying to put up a good face. Consistency means doing it. Just keep doing it. Mm. Just, you know, you determine what consistency is to you. Mm. So you are you are the one who calls the shots. So yeah. no matter how difficult it seems, it's okay to take a break. Taking a break doesn't mean you are not consistent. It just means you need to refresh, rejuvenate, and come back stronger and better. So mm. just remain consistent. Keep at it. Um, the last thing I would say is, there are two kinds of um, capital. We have, you know, the hard currency, and we mm. also have the capital that comes in forms of in form of um, connections. Mm. Do not, I repeat, do not take advantage or take for granted any connection that you have, because um, you never know who would become somebody that will be the ladder to your next breakthrough yeah. in the future. So if you take for granted someone who is um, who you think is just the doorman at the door and all of that, the person might become the secretary to the president and you need the help. So mm -hmm. don't take advantage of that. Yeah, so I think that's the three from me. <laughs> I love that. And you know, the example you gave of the doorman, yeah. he might actually, he has more information about who walks Yeah, the than the person who is indoor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you actually need the information that he has. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. And where can people find you if they need your services? Okay, um, if you need me, I'm on Instagram as Ella.communications. I'm on LinkedIn as Emanuela Emo. Um, my website, www.ellacommunications.com. Uh, you can find me on any of these platforms. So just send me a DM, send me a message, whatever you want to, I'm available. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Ella. Thank you so much for giving us your time and the benefit you. of your insight. I love, love, love how clear you are about your vision and your mission and how you serve in the world. It's just beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. The vision is expanding. <laughs> Excellent. We love to hear those stories. Yeah. We have, to have you back here again. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm glad to come on board. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You've been listening to Brand to Build, a podcast brought to you by Brand Builder Africa. We'll be back here next week with more thoughtfully curated content for entrepreneurial leaders who are doing business in Africa. Stay, subscribe, and let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear about next. 
to learn more, visit our website at www.brandtobuild.co or email askus at brandtobuild.co.